Let's do this. All right, Lizzie Martinez. Hello. Now it's your turn. Yes. Again, I have to. I know it might be some repetitive, kind of boring, but I, I mean it. Uh, thank you for coming. Again, it's a Friday night. I'm sure that you guys want to rest, want to do something else. And the fact that you guys are here just talks volumes about you guys. So thank you, thank you so much oh, for thank that. Thank you for having us and thank you for thinking of us to be on your first podcast. No, of course. It's a lot of responsibility. You yeah. guys have, uh, I mean, been doing uh, what you guys do for a very long time. You have a lot of followers, a lot of things mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I need to make sure I do my homework. I need to make sure they like because if not, it's like, oh, OK, what's going to happen here? So again, <laughs> no, thank we'll, you. Let we'll me definitely just be sharing it. No, thank you so much. Wow. You see? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your help again. So let me just um, tell you a little bit about the purpose of this podcast. Mm-hmm. The purpose of the po- podcast is just to highlight and share the stories of people making a positive impact in our community. And as I was going through, like, who is a great example? I mean, the the, the very first ones were uh, you guys on my list. So mm-hmm. that is the purpose. Um, I was also telling your husband that, to be quite honest with you guys, this is a great excuse for, for me to network and, and get best practices from people, uh, not only my business, but from uh, for my personal life. So again, thank you for that, Lizzie. Definitely. Nice. So let's get started. Okay. Who is Lizzie Martinez? Can you give us a, a quick bio, an intro of who you are, please? Okay, well, um, I grew up military. My dad was in the Army, and um, he was he worked his way all the way up to be a lieutenant colonel um so you know uh he taught me a lot throughout my life to be on time for things and to um you know wake up early and good things like that that I've applied to my life um and then my mom was a teacher my mom passed away from breast cancer when I was 25 so uh that's one of my big passions is to help women to be healthy um, you know, internally, physically, spiritually, everything, because I went through that with my mom. So that was kind of um, a hard patch in my life that I went through. But um, so I, I moved all over the world and that, uh, well, not the world, but the United States. Um, I moved like every one to two years. And so I always had to make new friends everywhere that I went. So that helped me to be a lot more outgoing. Um, I moved to El Paso when I was a sophomore in high school. I went to Franklin High School. And um, it was very different culture than what I was used to. I was always at military bases, so we were always like the new kids all together at the same time. Um, And then when I moved here to El Paso, it was very different because I was used to being like, hey, hey, like talking to people. And and then I would go here and be like, hey, to people that I had a class with. And they'd be like, uh, like look at me all weird. I'm like, okay, like I felt really out of place here. Um, So it took me a while to get adjusted. Um, I just started, you know, trying to learn the culture and trying to um, meet as many people as I could. And as I went through high school, eventually I started making more friends. And um, then I was a cheerleader my senior year and that helped me make a lot of friends. And so I was always really active like that. Um, And then once I graduated, I went away to Texas State for a little bit. Um, And then I was still in love with Shane because I had met him right before I left. Um, Did Did you guys meet in high school? No, no, I met like as right as I was graduating the summer mm-hmm. after I graduated um, and was like the month before I was about to leave and I was leaving and we just kept in touch over the phone and um, we fell in love over the phone really. So I came back for him after a semester over there and I went to UTEP um, and we just started, you know, dating and um, and then we I was going to UTEP at the time we started living together later on and then he told me um so actually, I would go to the gym with him and stuff. But he's the one that taught me about weight training. I was always active, um, but he started teaching me about bodybuilding and weight training and teaching me, like, everything about Arnold Schwarzenegger and all this stuff. And I was like, this is cool, like, the whole bodybuilding culture. Um, so he started teaching me to work out, and he was like, you know what? There's no good girl trainers. Girls feel comfortable with girls. Girls are the one that asks for help. But sometimes there's a lot of guys out there that are creepers and stuff like that. And she's like, my schedule is full. You should start being a personal trainer and get all the girls that want to have a nice body and stuff like that. And I was working out for, I was doing pageants at the time. And so, you know, I was getting abs and stuff like that. And he's like, girls want to look like that. So you advertise that and you just start personal training. So from there, um, we started just doing the personal training together, marketing ourselves together. And that really took off and I was able to get a lot of clients. And so since I had the clients and he had the clients, we were able to get that income to eventually open up our first gym. Tell them how you couldn't get a job anywhere because you were bilingual. Oh yeah, yeah. So so, um, one of the things before I became a personal trainer, I was looking for jobs everywhere and I wasn't bilingual. We couldn't get any jobs anywhere. Even at the bank, I couldn't get a a job as a teller. 
because I wasn't fitness. bilingual. And not I, even at Planet Fitness. No, not even at Planet Fitness. I tried to I tried to get a job at her gym at the girl side. And they were like, no, you're not bilingual. We're, we can't hire you. And they got like a chubby girl to be a personal trainer there instead of me. And I was like, really? So that really motivated me a lot to learn Spanish as well. Um, and then Shane's mom doesn't speak any English. So to really win her over, I had to learn Spanish. So I always try to listen in on conversations. And I would do the apps and stuff like that. I, I took three years of Spanish in high school, but that doesn't really teach you much, you know? Does it so want to stop you there? Because you said so many things that, again, for you, it, it just the way you are. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, it's kind of rare to find a person like that. So let me first of all start with um, when you said that, you know what, you you start uh, you start looking for a job and you couldn't find it because of your Spanish. Mm -hmm. Was it, instead of saying, you know, and, and I hated it that and, and it, it kind of pissed me off. You said, mm -hmm. well, that motivated me to learn Spanish. Mm -hmm. But do you realize that most people are like, oh, instead of seeing it that way, they see it the other way that, oh, how sure. we're in America, you know yeah, what it is. <laughs> so, so tell me about that. How is it your parents that, mm -hmm. that you got that from? It, I think it, it was from moving around everywhere a lot mm -hmm. because sometimes I was in more of like an African-American culture and I would learn their culture. Um, I lived in Oregon where it was very like hippie and laid back and I'd learn about their culture. And then when I moved here, I really fell in love with the culture once, especially once I started dating Shane and he started teaching me like all of the traditions and all of the Mexican food and stuff like that. And I, I really fell in love with the culture. So I think that's what motivated me also to learn Spanish. But your mindset has always been like that as far as, you know, you're always uh, open and welcoming other cultures and mm -hmm. because of course I'm, I'm pretty sure that also your parents um, that is something that you develop because again you could also maybe had a different type of parents that hey don't mm -hmm. hang around with them don't talk to them but yeah. it, it doesn't sound like it was that way yeah right? and my mom always taught me to be very accepting of everybody so that, that helped a lot wow mm -hmm. do you see that that maybe as you were talking about it, oh okay and it's like wait wait a second there, there's a lot there that, yeah. that 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 a lot of people can learn from yeah. again now I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit more um as far as my struggles being a, a single parent um my daughter living with me mm -hmm. um But I want to also go back to uh, what you said, your personality, uh, your personality, you were very outgoing since the beginning. I know that you said that you travel a lot, so you had to make friends. Mm -hmm. But then we also have that, that the other uh, side of the token, which is because of that, I was very shy. I never had friends. But in your case, it wasn't that case, the, the, that way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's just something internally that you are born with, if you're more outgoing or not. Because my brother was the same way. Like, we had the same lives, but my brother was a lot more shy. I would always, like, try to put him out there to meet new people. But he always stayed pretty um, secluded and, and more shy and just have, like, a couple friends, you know? So I think it's just something maybe you're born with to be more outgoing. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's something we can debate on because yeah, the truth is that it, it, there's so many factors, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but l l l let's move forward as far as, okay, because I know that you're more than a trainer. You're more than a gym owner. Tell me, continue telling me everything that you do. Uh, uh, so I'm also a professional bodybuilder. Oh, just uh, like that, right? <laughs> oh, by the way. Okay. Yeah, so um, when he was doing bodybuilding, I would watch him compete, and I thought it was really cool. I was always cheering him on, um, and I would do pageants. And so that was like my kind of competition thing. And honestly, I learned so much from pageants. And people put down pageants and they say, oh, it's sexist and you're, you're, you're putting beauty as like a trophy. Um, but you learn interview skills, you learn how to do your makeup, you learn how to dress. And that's one of the things I wanted to tell you because you're saying that your daughter doesn't feel confident. That is something that boosted my confidence so much. I know it sounds crazy to say, but pageants put me out there. I had to be on a stage. I had to talk on stage. Um, and so doing that, I learned so much. And from there, from the pageants, I took that into bodybuilding. So Shane was doing bodybuilding and he said, you know what, there's this new division, it's called bikini. And it's just like girls that are really fit and have abs. And I was like, that sounds cool. Because I would do the pageants and I would, I would diet and train and everything for that. And then they would tell me that I was too ripped. They would tell me <laughs> that, that was like the feedback from the judges because I would have a six pack when I did the bikini and everything that I was too ripped. So I was like, okay, well, the bodybuilding sounds perfect then because, um, you know, I was doing the training and everything too. So that really aligned together with the personal training. Um, so I started doing that. I won my first show. I won my second show. I won my third show. And I just kept winning every show. Um, that what? Undefeated. Yeah, undefeated as an um, amateur competitor. And so um, I had some coaches and stuff that were helping me out. And then um, 
they said, you know what, if you want to become a professional competitor, you compete in a national competition. But first, um, test the waters and see how you do at like a bigger competition. So I went to Vegas. I also won that show. I got a really cool sword and everything. So I told Shane, I was like, I guess I'm ready. Like, let's do it. Let's do a national show. And I went to my first national show, which was also in Vegas. There were over 300 girls there from all around the uh, United States or in the world. And um, I was just backstage and I was texting Shane backstage. I was like, oh, I quit. Like, there's no way that I'm going to get through this. You know, I was like, all these girls look amazing. And so I went on stage. I was there. I did my posing, everything. And then I was even just like standing there on stage, just like holding my head down. I was like, there's no way that I, I placed. And they called my number and I didn't even hear it because I totally didn't think that I was going to place. And then Shane was in the audience yelling, they called your number. They called your number. I was like, what? So I went up and I ended up winning in the national show and getting my professional card my first time going to a national show. So. The first time. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, How long ago was this? Um, it was when I was 25. So I'm 30 now. So about five years ago. And then I've been competing in the professional league, which has been another level. It's super hard because it's the best of the best from all over the world. So it's like the Olympics, basically. So I'm, I'm competing against girls from Brazil and girls from China and girls from... So it's the best of the best from around the world. And I haven't... I've placed six. That's been my best at a show. Um, so I'm just working my way up into that, into the professional league. And eventually I want to go to the Olympia, which is my ultimate goal. And that's like the biggest of the competitions. Wow. Well, congrats, so. first of all. <laughs> Thank you. Let, let me ask you, because again, being a bodybuilder, being in shape, trying to exercise requires some discipline. I believe that the discipline that that, that, that requires, it's extra at another, another level. level. Mm -hmm. Did you get that uh, from your from your dad being in the military? How did you get that? Is it the motivation uh, that you had to, to place good? How did you yeah. get that discipline? I don't know. Um, my dad always did eat healthy and work out a lot. So that was an example to me. He always had like a six pack and big muscles and everything. So um, but my mom, on the other hand, she hated working out. She hated eating healthy. Um, so I guess I did see that in my dad, but I really learned a lot from Shane. He's the one that taught me everything about nutrition, about working out. And um, he was so passionate about it. So it also made me really passionate about it. And since I did have like a really good self-discipline, I'm able to just like stick to the diet, stick to the cardio, do everything 100%. Wow, you mm -hmm. you did really good at the beginning, especially being the first event. But have you had maybe uh, an event that you didn't do that well that maybe got you discouraged or maybe thinking of, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe, I mean, I can stick to being a trainer. I don't have to be a pro. <laughs> yeah, Talk definitely. Um, my last show that I did was in Los Angeles and it was the biggest show I've ever done. There was like um, 50 competitors from, like I said, around the world, from China, from Brazil, everything. And the girls just looked amazing. I didn't place at all. I was just really disappointed after that. And I told Shane, I don't know, maybe I should not continue bodybuilding because this, this professional league is really hard. Um, and he's like, you know what, just do it as a hobby. Do it because you love it. Just keep doing it. And it's putting yourself out there. You're getting opportunities. You're getting sponsorships. Um, so it's like, yeah, you're right. You know, I'll keep doing it. So um, life dependent on it would be another thing. Yeah, yeah. If it was like my job and my career and I was making money off of it, it'd be another thing. But I have my gym. I have my personal training. So it's more of um, I try to tell myself it's more of a hobby. But I also really take it seriously. So it's hard. And Shane tells me, no, just do it as a hobby. But I'm like, I give it 100% like when I would do it. And I have that ultimate goal of going to the Olympia. So just wow it's it, it, it's crazy for me how you talk about it like nothing but again on the other token you can say mm -hmm. you know what it's a hobby it's not my thing like i did mm -hmm. well like the like the, the first year doing this but mm -hmm. you choose to know you know what let's let's make this happen right yeah um i was telling your husband and i want to talk a little bit about this i i was hearing a podcast you did i don't know how long maybe not that long ago that you were talking about opening your own gym how you were saving money mm -hmm. what i want to spend some time talking about the fact that you were okay with maybe not having, not going out, not having this luxury stuff, maybe not, uh, well, not priming your life from, from that, well, in reality it was, but because you had a goal. Mm -hmm. What was the hardest part during that time and how were you able to stick to that? Um, yeah, like there was a time that we were making good money, um, personal training, and I would tell Shane, like, we should get a really nice car and we're, or we should get this. And he's like, no, no, just be patient, just be patient. Um, so it does take a lot of self-discipline to not be spending all the money to reinvesting it into the gym. Um, but when you see the ultimate payoff, you see like, oh, I got this new piece of equipment and everybody's super excited about it. And, and that's my hard-earned money right there. Once you see that and you see that you're helping people in that way with the gym, it 
it pays off. All of that hard work, all of the times that we didn't have any money, it all pays off. Wow. Mm -hmm. What was the hardest part during, uh, how long did you guys save money for? Um, probably like three years. Wow. Like two. When we bring you open, eight months. Oh, eight months. Eight I months you were saving money and then that's when... Before we started opening the gym, but then we just kept saving and reinvesting, saving and reinvesting for years and years. Wow. So. Talk to me about your first gym. Mm -hmm. So our first gym was just a private personal training studio. Um, we got a place that was off of Sunset Road and uh, we were looking there and Shane was outside of the place. We were like looking, it was, it was pretty small. And then uh, we were outside on the street and Shane saw a BMW and then he saw a Mercedes and they saw that he's like, Why are, where are all these really nice cars coming from? And what we had figured out was that the country club people used that road as a shortcut instead of going down Mesa where all the traffic was. So we were like, oh, this is a perfect location. So when we opened up there um, and it was just a private personal training, that's the type of people that we catered to, um, you know, like business owners and and you know, high-end people that could afford personal training. And so uh, we did that and we grew out of that space because it was a pretty small warehouse. We did, I had yoga classes and we would just do the personal training. Um, and once we grew out of that, that's when we got to that shopping center that was such a high overhead. And um, we were able to do it for a while there, but it just got to us like the overhead, it eventually catches up to you. You think that you can just keep paying it, but basically we were working to pay the rent we weren't making a good income from it. Even though we were making a lot of money, we just were putting it into the rent. So, you know, we were like, no, this isn't working. I don't think this business style is working of just the personal training anymore. Um, so once we decided to close that gym, we said, let's go with a new concept. Let's, we have enough equipment now. We've saved up enough equipment. Let's do an open gym, like a, you know, like a Planet Fitness or anything that just members can come in and work out on their own. Uh, so we got the warehouse with a lower overhead, and we put all the equipment in there, opened it up to the public, $20 a month, and it worked, and it's been doing wow. well. How difficult was it mm -hmm. to close it down? Now that I uh, have my first brick and mortar business, mm -hmm. like the idea of closing it, did it seem at any point kind of like, oh, you know what, we're failing at this? Yeah, it did, and it, it was sad because it was like a, a dream of ours, and we had the, the name, which was New You, and we were really attached to it and everything, and then... Um, it's like, you know, you just have to roll with the punches and just keep going and come up with a new concept. And, and that's what we did. And it actually took off way better than the original idea. How were you guys able to roll with the punches? I think just having each other's back. Uh, that's what got us through everything because the people will leave you in your life that you thought that were going to be like your client forever or your friend forever. And your once you're, once you're, yeah, or your employees. And once your business isn't doing well, they will leave you like that. They're not loyal. So once you have that person that's loyal to you, that's right there with you all the time, I think that helps a lot. And then, of course, going to church and our, our faith and everything kept us strong as well. Wow. You got, it, it really sounds and it's evidence that you guys complement each other a hundred percent because uh as shane was telling me that maybe when he fell down or maybe uh had some tough moments you were there and also he was there for you so mm -hmm. again i just want to congratulate you guys for for yeah. that Thanks. so Thanks. kudos to you guys mm -hmm. i want to talk about COVID still top mm -hmm. of mind I, I doubt that when we uh when uh, when we upload this episode there's going to be a cure for it <laughs> hopefully <laughs> but i doubt that's going to happen so um, I know the, the first shutdown, what you guys did, talk to me about the second one, which was mm -hmm. never a shutdown for you guys. Mm -hmm. I know you've been dealing a lot with city officials. Mm -hmm. So my specific question is, what do you think that, how do you think that they've been responding to this crisis? Uh, first of all, for the community as a whole and also mm -hmm. for small businesses. Um, well, first, first when everything started happening and they said like this county judge says that we need to shut down for two weeks. Um, I think that you have to start educating yourself on the political system now because um, it's affecting our lives. Before, we wouldn't care about politics. We would just be like, okay, they're doing whatever they're doing in politics. But now you have to start educating yourself because it really is affecting our lives. They're shutting down your businesses and everything. So um, when this county judge came out with it, I talked to some other friends and they were saying, um, hey, no, this is illegal what he's doing because he, the, he cannot su supersede the governor's orders. The governor's orders were that we're not going to shut down. Um, so he was making these orders. Everybody started following it. I said, no, we're not going to follow it because it's, it's not legal. It's not legal what he's doing. Um, and so 
he did that and it went through another court case and the court there said that it was legal, that he could shut down. So that's when really everybody shut down. And I said, no, we're going to stick to our guns. Like we said, we're not going to shut down. And a lot of our members told us, please don't shut down, please. They were like, I'm going to go back into depression. I'm going to go back into alcoholism. Uh, this is for my epilepsy. I need to, I need this gym and stuff like that. So that motivated us. But we were like, guys, we're going to get fined. They said they're going to give us tickets if we stay open. Uh, sorry, my voice is getting all hoarse. No, you're good. But um, they said that they were going to help us with our tickets. And so we were like, really? You guys? So one guy came up to us and said, I'll pay for your first ticket, whatever it is, if you stay open. Tell me that moment. How did that feel? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I can just imagine someone coming, hey, here's some money for you to stay open for a month. They're like, yeah. I mean, you know that that's proof that you're doing something well yes. for sure. Yes, right? definitely. Definitely proof. And um, just reinforcing that what we were doing was right. Uh, so we gave them the platform. We said, okay, we're going to open up a GoFundMe so you guys can help us pay for our tickets to stay open. Uh, we made the goal for $1,000. The community came together so much, not just our gym members, but other people that follow us on social media. Uh, just 20 bucks here and there. Like Some people gave $200 and $500. We were like, what the heck? All of a sudden, it was at $4,500. <laughs> so uh, And that was like in a day, goal. right? I was, yeah, I was, was following like t- that. Yeah, within like hours, you guys had like 2000 3000 yes. And then um, later on, I checked uh-huh. and it was, what, $4,000? Yeah. Wow. So, so we're like, okay, we'll just take the ticket so the police would come in and they say like why are you open and I said you know what I'm following the governor's orders um, and I'm trying to stay open and I, I uh, the first guy he gave me a ticket he's like oh I don't really want to be doing this I don't really know what's going on but here's your ticket um, then the second time some other officers came in and they I said oh hi officers um, I already got ticketed and they were like what do you mean you already got ticketed I was like yeah here look here's my ticket he's like so why are you still open and I was like because I'd rather be open and running this business and getting tickets than be out on the streets. And they're like, what do you mean out on the streets? I was like, yeah, because if I don't have my business, I don't make any money. I'm going to be out on the streets. And the cops were just like, oh, okay. And they just walked away. And so I just got tickets like that. Like I got three tickets um, and two warnings. And so like some of the, the, all the cops really didn't want to be doing it. You know, they didn't agree with it. They didn't want to put people out on the streets and close down businesses and everything. Uh, So it was a really hard struggle there. Um, And it just started getting news attention. All the news wanted to interview me, um, El Paso Times, KFOX, ABC7. So I was like, at first I was kind of scared to put myself out there because I knew that the haters were going to come out. I knew that there was going to be backlash. But I said, you know what? I'm getting so many messages from small businesses owners right now. Like, thank you so much for standing up for us. Thank you so much for doing this. And so I said, okay, I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to say that small businesses need to stay open, that it's not fair. Because they showed us the list of where COVID was being spread. It was big box stores. It was travel to Mexico. It was large group gatherings. Gyms were like 5%. Salons were not even on the list. We were not on the list, by the way. Yeah, salons are not on the list. So I'm like, why are we the ones being punished? We're all following protocol. We're all wearing masks. We're sanitizing. We've had the COVID people come in like six times to check. We're making sure you're doing everything right. So if we're doing everything right to the T, social distancing, why are we the ones being punished and being left out on the streets to you know, to die. or to, Yeah. And I wanted like, to make that point because it, it, it mm-hmm. it's not because, oh, I don't care about people dying. I don't yeah. care about the current situation. It's not that. It's, it's not just that. that you don't understand what's happening on the other side. Yeah, right. Exactly. And people are saying I'm so insensitive mm-hmm. and uh, that I just care about money and stuff like that. I'm like, no, like this is how businesses survive. We're paycheck to paycheck. We're not mega rich like people think that we are. And everybody that's running a business is just living day to day. I think most of the time. Um, especially small businesses here in El Paso. We, we depend on the support from the community. And when we don't have that, you know, it's just, it's going to be eliminated and it's super sad. We don't want Walmart to be the overriding company of our whole city. And there's even a guy that said, um, you know, I own a bookstore, a little bookstore. He had like a little book, bookstore and cafe. And he was like, um, if you make me close down, you're sending people to Target. You're sending people mm-hmm. to, wow. uh, you know, Bed Bath wherever they can get the, these books, and you're going to shut me down. I only get like two customers a day, so and how there's am a I need going for to... books as well, same as yeah. the gym, and, and yeah, yeah, you're just sending them to the big box stores that are staying open because they're essential. But who's to say what's essential? In the long run, like for example, gyms can be essential. They're essential for people that have alcoholism. They're essential for people that have depression, anxiety, epilepsy, whatever it is that's essential for them and so you know i don't think it's fair for them to say what's essential and what needs to shut down and 
even hair can be essential for people. Like hair, I, I always tell my hairstylist friends, Nancy Pelosi knows that hair is essential, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, so, you know, who's to say what's essential? And I don't think it's it's very fair what's going and on. And we haven't even talked about the big mess about someone saying yes, the other one saying no. And a lot of us, that's when we kind of like the first time we got into knowing that, hey, like, so this guy does There's make decisions struggle. in this thing, but then, mm-hmm. so I don't understand. And the, the thing is that, first of all, I, I fully understand both sides. Of mm-hmm. course, like, everybody was thinking about the community. I, I really doubt there were, like, they had a, a, a secret agenda. Mm-hmm. But what they didn't realize is just by them not, like, communicating, not acting, mm-hmm. that alone affected everybody. a lot more. Let me mm-hmm. give you my example that... Even though I knew also that I didn't have to shut down, mm-hmm. but because of that already, mm-hmm. I knew that there was going to be less people coming in. Yeah, Just because yeah. of that rumor, because of that, mm-hmm. like you don't understand that as it is, the business went down 30, 40% pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. After the, the shutdown, we're, we're, we're getting there. And, and now you're barely you, getting your business exactly, back. And then, they and then you bring again. this, which again, I, I, mm-hmm. I fully get it that there is no agenda, but there is like, hey, you before you guys talk about something you need to really like uh, get together yeah. and let's come up with there a, needs to be a plan ex- of action it can't just be like shut down everything there no help to. figure it out you no. start with the big yeah start with the problems start with the big box store start limiting people that can go exactly. in and, and um, you know making sure everybody's following protocol because you go into Walmart there was no uh, they weren't checking temperatures they weren't checking um, how many people are going in with you? Everybody's touching the same stuff. No sanitation. So start with those problems. Yeah, problems and and, and I mean that's something that we can spend hours talking about. And mm-hmm. and let's let's do it. <laughs> but the truth is that what what th- those haters? Because I, I want to mm-hmm. address that or those people kind of like not let's not call it hate because I think that's a, a big word or or. A, uh, no, it was definitely okay. <laughs> okay, but let me let me just say like at least from from my side like uh, from my social media, mm-hmm. like those same people saying how responsible close everything down. Mm-hmm. Those are the same ones having carne asada every weekend, and oh, not yeah. that if you bought it in bulk at the beginning, go for it. Yeah. But no, I know no, that you can go mm-hmm. come back. You can go and that hey, wait a second, I can guarantee you that mm-hmm. there is. Uh, great possibility of something uh, bad happening that someone coming to the hair salon in this case, right? Yeah. yeah. And again, those people uh, with those, especially the ones with a stronger opinion Mm -hmm. are the ones like going to Cancun. At least again, from what I saw going on, okay, but then you want to, because of what's going on. And Mm -hmm. I get it. And it's like, like you Mm -hmm. said it, it's not like we are not taking additional measurements. Yeah. Like we are doing something, yeah. but you also need Above to understand this. Mm-hmm. Um, briefly, before we continue, let me just tell you, like I deal with um, some international sites as I know like how it's been dealt uh, in other places. Mm-hmm. For example, the, the in, in I think it's Colombia, in mm-hmm. some places, it's it just by zip code, only this zip code, one person can go one day out of the week or, or every two weeks to, the grocery to get store. groceries. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And in here, yeah, we can say, oh, it's essential. Okay, but it's essential to go back mm-hmm. and I'll bring like your kid. Or, you know, what? I have a carnesa, so essentially I have to go to, <laughs> like, what? Like, yeah. and, and again, I, I, I get that. But then the city as well, uh, I, I again, it, I'm sure it's, it's a hard job, but they need to get other people involved as well. Mm-hmm. Not because they represent the full city. It's like, okay, all of us take the decision that whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Again, it's for the, the intent is good, but then the way it is. Mm-hmm. And again, they don't understand that just by you opening your mouth, mm-hmm. that's it. Um, as it is, again, after COVID, it's, it's different. Mm-hmm. But now by you saying that it is, it's not. And also talking maybe negative about that. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know, like you're hurting my business yeah. a lot. Yeah, so much. Um, and there was just so much confusion between like the mayor saying we're not going to shut no. down and the judge saying we are. Um, and so I was even there like at the press conference with the mayor and the mayor was saying we don't want to shut down. Um, and I had a Zoom meeting with the mayor as well with other small businesses where we all told him our struggles that we're going through. And he was super sympathetic. He wanted to keep businesses open. And he told us a lot of good news that is not coming out there on the media. On the media, it's all bad news. Mm-hmm. It's all scary. Um, but what he oh, was telling us is cool. that, yeah, our cases are high. Um, every big city goes through a spike, but compared to other big cities, we have the lowest death rate. And they're not reporting that, but we have a low death rate of how many cases that we have. Um, another another news that he was saying is that uh, businesses are, like the bankruptcy of businesses are up 60%, that people are going bankrupt. And that's like super sad. That's, you know, putting families out on the streets. Um, 
yeah, restaurants were telling us how they went from 900 employees to 100 employees. So all those people are out. Man. So it was just like so many. Yeah, from Car- that's what I'm talking about, Carlos yeah, and Mickey's. That is the landmark to help us. Yeah, that the the lady from Carlos and Mickey's, she said, you know, it would be easier for me to close, but I know I'm a landmark here in El Paso, and I know this is like a place that people go to as like an El Paso place. She's like, that's why I stay open, but honestly, it would be easier for me to close right now because yeah, of how because. I have to. Wow, be doing that, that's yeah, that's be. incredible to hear because I mean that that just like. Like, I was lucky enough that I had another job, and because of that, you should have seen me working some overtime because of the rent. Because even the rent, they pause, but it's still there, you know? And there's a lot of things. I tried helping out my my staff as well. Uh, And I was happily doing so, but then like, hey, wait a second, are we doing as much as we could be doing? And the answer all the time was no, right? Like like you said, there's some people not even on that list, but guess what? You have to help out. It's like, oh. Yeah. It was, oh, I'm sorry, it got, it got intense for a second. <laughs> but um, out of those meetings, what did you get? Like, what, what was, uh, I know you, you're you not open, and based on how things look, it doesn't seem like we're going to have another shutdown. Mm-hmm. But what was your take on, like, are we moving towards a good direction when it comes to our uh, government and businesses or still Um, not? Yeah. And one of the things that he said too, is that whenever the cities go through big spikes, it takes about six weeks to control it. So we've already been in this spike for about five weeks. So we'll probably only have like one week left of the spikes and the cases, and then we're going to be able to get it under control. So that was some good news that I got. Um, Again, that's not being reported in the media, of course, but, um, What I really got out of it, too, is that you can have a voice in your community um, because, uh, like I said, I was scared to stand up at first because I knew there was going to be a lot of haters. But because I did stand up, um, I got a lot of opportunities to meet a lot of new people. I got to talk with the mayor. I got to put my voice out there and tell him, like, what's happening with all the small businesses, not only my own small business. And I got so much great feedback from people like, thank you so much for doing this. I'm a salon owner. I'm a tattoo parlor. And this really motivated me or, you know, different things like that. How so does that feel? It felt really great. <laughs> it felt great to have that, that um, you know, support and everything. But then, you know, the haters came in bad. I got a lot of threatening calls as Talk well. Talk to me about that. I was uh-huh. listening to your podcast about those threats. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that, please. Like, I... I never received the threat. Um, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, I never get one. But how does that feel? Like, is uh-huh. I'm sure it's scary at one point, even though maybe you don't take it as serious. Yeah. But hey, it's scary because um, you don't know what people are capable of nowadays, especially after like the Walmart shooting and stuff like that. You don't know what people are capable of. Um, but I have, you know, my husband as my bodyguard. He's got all the muscles, so he can protect <laughs> me physically. And then uh, my manager, she was the one answering the calls for the gym. They were even calling the gym. They were calling the gym, yeah. So wow. she would answer the calls, and then she would kind of re- relay back to me what they were doing and saying, but she was handling most of it. So thank God, like, I didn't have to deal with those people. She was taking care of me, but she was like, they're calling to cuss you out. They're calling to threat you, threaten you. They said their grandma died and her blood is on your hands. So like that. I was like, your grandma didn't step foot in my gym. Like, I don't know why, you know, people just want somebody to blame. And so they saw me on the news and they want someone to blame for their sadness for what's going on in the world. And they're, they're putting it on me. And I said, you know what, if I'm going to be the one crucified for this, just to say that I support small businesses and that small businesses should be open. Okay. Then I'm the one that gets the, the heat, but, um, I was willing to take it to stand up for what I believe in and Wow. <laughs> and I didn't go read any of the comments. So there was like. Oh, um, you should have. <laughs> no. Let me <laughs> send you a copy of <laughs> And I have them here. <laughs> <laughs> people were tagging us um, into some of them. So I saw some of them. And, um, you know, people were saying, like, that we're all about the money mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that we drive Bentleys and that Shane owns a Porsche. Like, he, just because he models next to a Porsche does not mean he owns the Porsche. <laughs> it even says, like, thank you to my friend who brought the Porsche. Mm-hmm. But people don't read it. And they just. And even if and and even if it was his, like whatever. I mean, the, the yeah. only thing I have, and this is something I'm trying to teach my daughter, is you know whatever you, you however you feel, it's okay, mm-hmm. but try to understand the other side, mm-hmm. and with that comment, yeah, because I I think the other side doesn't understand. They see again the money. It's a business. Mm-hmm. I I was even reading one. I don't know if you guys read or not about. <laughs> you know what? Um, you should plan financially for this. And if you're not, how do we like, ever know that this is gonna? Happen? And even at that, I'm like, wait a second, like yeah. you don't understand that. There, there's so many things yeah, going no. on. I'm like, uh-huh. at least 
try to understand if your opinion still they should close okay say hey because of this or that okay and and of course we we have to respect everyone's opinion but the fact of calling it out the way a lot of people mm-hmm. they're like oh really like no like i've never i've never seen there's tons of people i disagree with and i've never gone onto their page and commented something horrible to them i've never gone out of my way to call a business and be like uh-huh, you know like it's just weird to me that people can do that and have that much hate in their hearts to to do that and put people down and it really worries me too because I was getting so much cyberbullying like Instagram, Facebook, everything and it worries me about our children nowadays like the children that what they're going through with mm-hmm. Instagram and Snapchat and everything I just can't imagine growing up in this day and age with all the cyberbullying it w- it must be so hard for the kids and their self-esteem and everything going through all this bullying and crap that's being put out there on the the media and the internet that they have to read and see every day. You know? As big as you are in social media, mm-hmm. you never had to deal with hate pr- uh, previously or maybe not that type of hate or, or any negative comments. I've dealt with it here and there. There's haters. But there's the nothing time, but to... Nothing to this extreme. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Well, enough of that. I still have something on loans, by the way. <laughs> Just <laughs> but... um. But thank you for that. Uh, again, I, you know what? The, the the one thing I'm taking away. I mean, I, I always saw your side, of course, as far as a business. You know what? We mm-hmm. we have to choose. And here in the hair salon was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told the ladies, you know what? It's up to you to be quite honest with you. I mean, I have a job. I I can still somehow, some way, make it happen. It's still gonna be open door. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I try to help, especially the first time. Uh, but it's up to you. And 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 and, and they feel the same way that, that you feel as far as you know what. Um, we're not even on the list. We're taking extra yeah. precautions. Yeah. And either we, like if we were to know that, okay, we're doing this only for one more week, mm-hmm. two more weeks, okay. But this can go no, forever, can go forever, right? Yeah. And then also um, one of the things that the mayor told us in the meeting too is that there is no scientific evidence that a shutdown works. Wow. There's no scientific He said, if anything, you do a shutdown, people go back out into society three weeks later, there's another spike because we've all been uh, lowering our immune systems by staying in the house and we all go back out again, it's gonna be another spike. So he's like, you have to keep businesses open, just following protocol, trying to keep it as low as we can with the numbers. And he's like, that's what we have to do. The shutdown will not do anything. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mic drop right there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, let's talk about a little bit about your current gym. Mm-hmm. Aside from global pandemics, what's the biggest challenge of, be- of being a gym owner? Aside from Aside global from pandemics. pandemics yeah. <laughs> um, I would say definitely just dealing with a bunch of different people, a bunch of different personalities. Um, you can't please everybody. So you you want to, as a business owner, you mm-hmm. want to be able to please yep. everybody. But something that we've learned, too, is that you should just, you know, really try to focus on your specific niche. The people that, that we are, are marketing to now are the type that are like bodybuilders, are really into fitness. And um, we have a few here and there that are like newbies to the fitness world. And we try to educate them and then they get that whole community around them and they start getting really into it. Um, so you just focus on that niche of people that you want to target and market to and focus on making them happy because you can't make everybody happy. Well, it's not a, how it's, long did it take you to learn this? Um, probably from the first gym till now, you know, we've learned along the way because we did market to a different niche the first time. Uh, like I said, we were mar- marketing to more high end and everything. And now it's a little bit more like middle income people. and. And it's crazy the difference, like when you start to see how different people act and you just learn how to market to them, you learn how to talk to them and you learn how to sell to them and, and become friends with them as well. Wow. Mm-hmm. Let me let me ask you a similar question, but the opposite. Mm-hmm. What's the most rewarding thing about being uh, a gym owner? Uh, definitely just seeing all the results in people, uh, their lives changing, their bodies changing, uh, their confidence going up. Like you can start with a, I'll start with a girl that just starts really shy and really doesn't know what to do. And then um, all of a sudden you turn them in. Like for example, um, I don't know if you know Elia Sparza. Uh, she's a singer. That's, yeah, that's where I. Yeah, that's so the she podcast. was like. I saw her singing one time, and she was a little bit on the chubbier side, and she Ooh. had gone to. <laughs> she she's cool. <laughs> she knows. Um, and so I saw her, and I was like, man, that girl is such a good singer. And I was like, if I could train her, I could get her such a nice body. I was like, I know I, I could do it. So I I told her, you know what? Come with me. I'm gonna teach you everything. So I started teaching her about nutrition, uh, having her work out. She got super into it. Her body changed. Her confidence changed. She just you know, started blowing up on social media and everything as well, and just seeing that whole change in her. And now she's even going to be a personal trainer. Uh, she's going to do some personal training I on the side. Like she actually. changed like her whole 
life, you know, and, and really got into fitness. So when you see somebody change that much, Must it's feel, so rewarding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. This the, the side story here, now that we're talking about her, because that was the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, I mean, I know a little bit about the, the background, right? Um, but then when I heard her in the actual, yeah, on the, on the podcast, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, it really surprised me. I wasn't expecting that. Not that I wasn't, because she's pretty smart. Mm-hmm. She can really carry a conversation like, oh, mm-hmm. look at that, you know? Yeah, yeah, and the questions yeah. that she asked and everything, and not only your podcast, but I mean, um, your episode, but others. I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? I was very surprised. Now, I... I it, it seems like she already had that mentality, that mindset of being positive, of, mm-hmm. of course, uh, putting in the work. Mm-hmm. How about the clients that you get there? They're not as positive and maybe that they expect immediate results. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? Um, me and Shane just both try to feed our clients with positivity all the time. So they'll tell, tell me something like, I'm fat or I'm uh, depressed. And I'm like, you have to speak life, speak positivity, speak, say, I'm going to be skinny. I'm going to be happy. I'm going, you know, it's just... Um, changing their mindset little by little like that and feeding into it and saying, I believe in you. I know you can do it. Um, you'll just see such a dramatic difference by giving them that little bit of hope, that little bit of um, belief in them that they could do it, you know, and then you just see their whole life's change. So it's wow. cool. not only not only in fitness, but I'm sure that in other um, mm-hmm. of aspects of, of their life, of course. Yes. Um, let me mm-hmm. ask you this, Lizzie, as far as like, what is the advantages of having a trainer and not I've been seriously thinking about uh, getting one, but then my on my other side, like, hey, there's YouTube videos, come and check it out. But obviously, I, I'm still far from my goal, mm-hmm. and I'm like, there, there has to be like advantages of first of all paying someone that that kind of mm-hmm. like gets another level of okay, now you have to mm-hmm. do it. But only not only that, but also helping you with the mindset, your accountability. What are the things am I missing as far as the advantages of having a personal trainer? A uh, personal trainer will definitely push you harder during your workouts. The good ones, right? Yeah, the okay. good ones. Yeah, so um, say you're following YouTube and, and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to do these with five pound weights. A trainer is going to be like, no, you're going to do that with 10 pound weights. And that trainer believing in you that you can step it up and do it with that weight or step it up and do it with that reps, that little bit of belief is going to push you harder in your workouts. Um, and then also all of the complimentary stuff that comes with it, like the nutrition. So I sit down with my clients, talk about nutrition with them. So does Shane. We, um, even our members of the gym, Shane does a free nutrition talk with them every Saturday of the, every first Saturday of the month. He does free nutrition for everybody. So um, we give them that aspect as well. And that's 70% of what you're going to do. It's all the eating. Mm-hmm. So it's the eating, 70%, and then it's the weight training, 20 so percent and then the cardio you also want to add in the cardio if you're trying to lose weight so i give advice to my clients on what cardio they should do i send emails every month that have cardio routines for them to follow at home workouts that they can do on their own and then they come in with me like three or four times a week well then you answer my next question but let me ask it anyways Mm. how can you tell a good trainer from a bad one um well, actually, we had a guy come do a motivational speech oh, for um, our, our trainers the other day because, um, you know, especially during this time, November, December, it's harder for trainers usually because people get lazy. It's the holidays. They start eating a lot. So how can we be motivating to our clients? And what this motivational guy, you should have him on the podcast, actually, yeah, Jack Bumgarner. From El Paso? Yeah, his name's Jack Bumgarner. He's a realtor. Number one real estate agent in El Paso. Yeah. Really? And he's super motivating. So he came and he talked to everybody and he said, We asked him to come. Yeah. And he he told them, okay, do you want to be a transactional trainer or do you want to be a relational trainer? What's the difference? A transactional trainer is one that gets your money, gives you a workout, that's it. A relational one is the one that reaches out to you. Hey, uh, how are you doing with your your nutrition? How is your family following the nutrition plan too? Hey, did you do your cardio today? Um, So, and then also just having that relationship with them as their life, like, hey, how are your kids doing in school and stuff like that. So, um, and giving them letters, giving them gifts, like whatever you can, making it more relational is how you're going to maintain a relationship with that client long-term, as opposed to being a transactional trainer that is just there for the money, there to do the job and out. Yeah. And, no. and you can tell some some people, not not only trainers, but in every aspect, if you're a salesperson, I know, you, I mean, I'm sure there's like tips, tricks, a guideline of do this. Mm-hmm. But if you don't do it sincerely, I mean, mm-hmm. people can people tell can when it's tell. fake or they not, right? It, yeah. I'm sure that uh, that a trainer can say, hey, so how, what did you do today? Oh, okay. But mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, aside from the question, like there's more to that. And, and obviously you guys have been doing a really good job of not only doing what you have to, but really caring about it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that the, the fact of on, on the GoFund that they were able to, because I'm sure that a lot of people that donated don't even go because maybe 
maybe mm-hmm. they're scared. But the fact that they did, it was more for you guys than like the other uh, people. So yeah. And then what was really cool too about the GoFundMe is once we realized that we're not going to have to pay our tickets anymore because it was unlawful, this whole shutdown. So all the tickets are going to be dismissed. So we told all our members, we're going to refund you guys um, because we're not going to need to pay those tickets anymore. So there was a few that did want the refund, but for the most part, people were like, keep the money invested in the gym. So wow. We were like, wow, I like, should email amazing. them or go for no, 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 no. <laughs> Wow. So I mean, I, I, I can just imagine how that feels, having mm-hmm. that community. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we, we have, because I have a shout out to Jason. He cuts his hair, I don't know about now, twice a week mm-hmm. and i made a post long time ago on my personal account that uh i'm gonna give him my social security number so he can claim me on his taxes because <laughs> <laughs> twice a week you know like oh this uh, guy's supporting me so like, <laughs> uh, and we have a lot i mean the uh, our customers but just that feeling uh when they give you a, a good review and, and it comes from their heart as far as oh this mm-hmm. is not only like a good job but how i felt um yeah. and it, it feels really really good yes yeah good reviews are super important so anybody listening to this podcast if you are a client if you are uh, just a shopper or whatever and you really like your experience go leave a review because that helps businesses so much wow and also new podcast right yes. <laughs> yeah reviews on the podcast stars on the podcast right all right so so let me ask you something that as, as i was like you do so much right uh, i was like oh I, I i need to Ask her not only on on training, but why do you think? Well, it is going to be specific on that, but it applies to everything else. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that trainers fail, or maybe new gyms fail, or new businesses? What is it um, that they're missing that maybe they should do that you guys did? That again, we're able not only build a community, but from a mindset perspective. Yeah, I think for the most part, they fail if they don't have the passion for it. Like Shane was saying in the last podcast, he was saying like, you have to have the passion for it. So if you open a gym just because you wanna make money, you're not going to succeed. I mean, there is a few cases like, you know, Planet. Like Planet Fitness, they they don't really care about their members or anything, but it's just the transactional, like $10 a month, let whoever comes it's in. It's the volume, right? Don't, we don't mm-hmm. care if they're losing weight or not, you know? And so with us, it's like, we really care for every member. We really want to help them. And people feel that and they see that and that's what helps us. To be and that's successful. the passion. But what would you mm-hmm. say about, hey, my passion is around opening a business, making sure I, de- I don't depend on someone else. Mm-hmm. I still don't know what, uh, like, what specifically I'm passionate about but I want to open something. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them that, yes, they're still finding their path, but perhaps they don't have like, oh, I want to be a mechanic or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like they're looking for a specific passion? Well, what if as as they are looking for it, they open a mm-hmm. business? Why is it that, or, or maybe a trainer, uh, let's say a trainer that perhaps they don't know if they want to uh, open a gym or not, or if they have maybe a, a different focus or their passion. Mm-hmm. But for now, because they're doing that and they, again, they think they know what they're doing, what do you think they fail? What else is missing aside from uh, being passionate about what you do? Hmm. Maybe, um, I guess, like learning a lot about business. So maybe they just open a business without doing their research first. Uh, so doing research on who they're going to market to, doing research on um, what makes a gym successful. You know, if they're not doing the research behind it, um, that's going to you know make them fail as well. So we we also do a lot of research. We're always whenever we go out of town, we go to the coolest gym that's in that city, and we go and we experience it, and we get ideas and because um, we're so passionate about it. So that's what we do whenever like we go out of town or we, we do research online as well to see what everybody's, what's the new trend and try to apply that to our business. Wow, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me, let, let's talk a little bit about Shane. I had a couple of questions, which um, there were really good answers that um, he gave as far as the relationship that you guys have. It's mm-hmm. obvious that you guys have a really solid relationship. Um, the way that he respects you, admires you, loves you. I mean, it's something... Uh, worthy of admiration Mm -hmm. but let me talk to you about what advice will you have on someone that again interacts with their partner 24 7 you guys work um i mean you guys essentially have the same job Mm -hmm. but right now with covid maybe we don't have the same job but if i'm if both of them are working from home what are some advices that uh what some advice that you can give those people as far as you know what this is what has helped us um, communication is key. Uh, talking to each other about your feelings. Like if you if you feel like something offends you, talking about it instead of just being offended and bottling it up. Um, so we always talk everything out. <clears throat> we always um, pray with each other as well. That helps so much. Mm. Yeah, I think that having that that faith, 
helps us stay strong. And then um, just having each other's back, like saying, it's just me and you against the world. Like nobody else matters. Don't let anybody in into Mm. your relationship. So we used to like back in the day when we were first dating, my friends would be like, I would tell my friends about our problems or something. And my friends would be like, I, why are you with him and stuff? And I, and I would listen to my friends. And then he's like, no, you know what? We got, we can't listen to friends. Your friends are not there to give you like the best advice. I'm here. I love you. This is real what we have. And we just need to listen to each other and communicate with each other. So I would, I stopped talking to my friends about problems. He didn't talk to his friends about problems. We just worked it out together. Cause I think that is a big issue a lot with people. They'll talk to their friends about their relationship problems and they, they don't know what's going on on the inside. They don't really know the whole story between you two. And so they're going to give you like, oh, just leave him. You're you're an independent woman. You don't need that, you know, or whatever. And that's not the best advice. So um, I think just sticking with each other and keeping your faith through the whole thing. How were you able to tell apart good advice from bad advice, especially because you were very young at that age? Um, I think eventually once we got more into church, that that will kind of guide you in anything in life. Uh, so if you if it doesn't align with your values, if people are telling you stuff that doesn't align with your beliefs, then you shouldn't listen to them. Yeah. Again, you just throw me like little concept, but there's so much behind that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, God. she makes it sound so simple, but it's not, you know, because yeah. yeah. especially again, uh, normally most people when they're young, like, of course, we'll listen more to our friends, to our group of, uh, or our fam- even our family members, mm-hmm. because we think that either they know or because they, I mean, it's our circle. So, I mean, their intent is good, but how can you tell apart? Because the, the intent of your friends was good. Mm-hmm. It's just the advice that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And you were able to tell, okay, you know, let's, you know, Shane is right in this case. Let me, mm-hmm. let, let's not listen to that. But I mean, the 95% of people don't. So mm-hmm. uh, I wish I could ask you more as far as, like how or what 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 path you had to take in order for your mindset to be ready for that? Yeah. Can you give a quick answer? If not, we'll move. The path that I had to take to make my mindset like that. Yeah, because there was again. Let, let's say that example. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that there was like so many other things with Shane or without Shane that you had that mindset that you know what you knew that what he was saying was right. Mm-hmm. Like or, or or I'm not gonna say right or wrong, mm-hmm. but that it made sense, right? Because mm-hmm. if it was the first time that maybe you heard him like what is this guy talking about? Yeah, mm-hmm. like I love him, but come down, you know? Mm-hmm. Again, there, there there has to be, I don't know, your um, when you were young, your parents, an example that said, you yeah. know what, I already believe in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not as strongly as he's talking about it, mm-hmm. but in, in this case, I'm gonna follow this. Yeah, well, um, I guess I could go back to the advice that my mom gave me when I was young. She told me, you're never gonna find a perfect man. You have to find the man that you love and find out his flaws. Don't try to change him, but ask yourself, can you live with those flaws? So, you know, when I met Shane, um, I don't, I can't really think of any flaws or anything, but I mean, I guess. But um, the whole, with Bonnie was a good lesson. I I would tell her like, is that a marriage you want to emulate? Yeah, so uh, for example, I had like a a friend giving me advice and stuff and she didn't have a good marriage herself. So why are you gonna listen to somebody giving you marriage advice when they don't have a good marriage themselves? The the story that she told you that you. I don't remember it all. You were out in the night, she parked her car Outside oh, of like, not go all into that. Oh, like, like yeah, let's to. do it. Yeah, but know. like, who she was listening to? Like, somebody that had a like horrible the... marriage, not godly at all. I'm like, I would tell her, if you're going to ask for advice, ask for somebody godly. Somebody that has yeah, a somebody, good marriage. Yeah, somebody, ask for advice ask for somebody. Her, oh, like, someone successful, advice. someone already doing yeah. it. And that's such a great point because, again, the, the, the thing that I'm trying to get is, like, why did you say, okay, that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Instead of, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. There has to be like something. And now that you're telling me about what your mom said, mm-hmm. kind of like that took you back to, you know what, you're right. You know, like this is not the first time I hear about that. It's about kind of like. Um, yeah, well, you're going to have uh, you're gonna have arguments. You're going to have fights. You have to work through it. It's not, you can't just give up right when it gets hard. And um, that's something also that my mom always stuck it out with my dad. Like no matter how hard things got, she would tell me, you can work through anything. If you love somebody, you can work through anything. And I've always kept that in my mindset. I've always told Shane, we can work through anything. Like no matter what it is, I know we can work through it. Shane, okay, pura miel, by the way. Pura miel, okay, all over, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, thank you for that. Um, I want to be selfish and talk about a subject that um, since since, um, you accepted my invite, like, I have to ask because this is something personal that I've been struggling on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I was telling you before, I consider myself very confident. My self-esteem is really high. 
Uh, sometimes it's it's higher than it should, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a daughter. Um, I have had custody of her for, it's been eight years or nine. Mm-hmm. If you're watching this, Elizabeth, I'm sorry, I forgot, nine or eight years. Mm-hmm. And something that I struggle with is I'm confident, um, but she's not as confident as mm-hmm. I am. Have you always been this confident? Did you always struggle with that? And if you can give me some pointers on how can I help my daughter with confidence? I, I haven't always been confident. Um, I dealt a lot with acne, having acne, and that was a really big um, thing that I was self-conscious about because um, it was genetic. My dad had acne. My mom had acne. So, I mean, I just struggled it with it my whole life. I would try everything out there, um, and it was always something I was really embarrassed about. I would cover it up with a lot of makeup. Um so, I mean, the way that I, I built my confidence is I worked on that because it was obviously something I was very um, self-conscious about. So How I, did you work on that? I actually got a dermatologist. Um, like on fixing that issue. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got a dermatologist. I saved my money so that I could um, afford to buy Accutane, which I, I didn't have the health insurance to do it. I just saved my money and I paid for it monthly. So I went through Accutane uh, and that helped me a lot to get rid of the acne and Um, boosted my confidence a lot. But I think that ultimately I just had to, um, as I started putting myself out there more, um, that's what helped build my confidence. Like I said, the pageants and everything like that. Um, I really also believe that if, if you're, if anybody's dealing with anything self-conscious, go, getting into fitness is going to boost your confidence so much. Just little workouts here and there, you start to see a difference in your body. You're like, oh, wow, like I didn't know my body could look like this. And I mean, most self-esteem issues stem from your body. You feel self-conscious about your body in some way. So fitness can change dramatically people's lives so much. I see I see it like I told you with Elia. Like she was, she was pretty confident before, but her confidence went way up from getting into fitness and losing the weight and, and getting really toned. Um, so I really believe that health and fitness is like the key to getting that confidence. Wow. And, and you also said um, what I try to tell my daughter um, is that it's not only about like one big thing. It's like you said, small wins. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure that Elia or, or someone else, it's not only that I'm look good, but the mm-hmm. fact that you had a goal, mm-hmm. you were able to achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that alone, it's the small win that you start yeah. adding up and then it's little by steps. little. Uh-huh, baby steps like this week, I'm going to stick to my diet all week. I'm not going to stray from it. You do that. You reward yourself. Oh, I did great. I'm going to buy myself a new pair of tennis shoes or something, you know, and then just keep working your way up and saying, okay, I'm going to follow the diet for three weeks this time. Oh, I'm going to follow the diet. And you just keep working your way up and you start seeing all the changes. And yeah, it's going to boost your confidence and help you. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Talking about a little bit of, on confidence, um, Lizzie, the truth is that, I mean, you've been very successful. You are a sponsor, athlete, model, trainer, um, obviously your gym. Um, I mean, there, there, there's so many things that you have going for you. Uh, what are you most proud of? Hmm. What am I most proud of? Well, I'd say definitely the gym. Like we've just worked so hard day in, day out. Uh, you know, moving machines, just me and Shane by ourselves, huge, like thousand pound machines trying to just lift them into a U-Haul and going through, you know, injuries or anything like that, that we've been through. Um, That's, it's led to this ultimate See, you know, that sacrifice that you guys have put in that a lot of times people don't see, but you guys Mm -hmm. know exactly the things that you guys had to endure. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, blood, sweat, and tears. Nice. I'm glad (laughs) Shane is back because this is something that I really admire from you guys. Um, You guys uh, have been creating content, putting yourselves out there for a long time. You've been trying new projects, been doing this, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you, you, you guys been marketing your brand yourself. I know you're very active with the city as far as like commercials. Uh, I, I mean, I've mm-hmm. seen you everywhere, tried different many things. Mm-hmm. How have you been able to be consistent with that? Um, that's a good question because I actually have like a group of girls that we're all um, influencers and uh, entrepreneurs. And so one of the girls got on our chat the other day and was like, how, how are you guys staying consistent with the social media? Sometimes I just get discouraged or I get like, I don't want to do this anymore. And um, I was just telling her, you know, you have to just keep doing it, keep putting out content, whatever you can think of, because um, that's what's ultimately going to make you more money. It's going to... Um, get you more clients or anything. She was a makeup artist. So I said, I started giving her ideas on some different content that she could do. And she got motivated. She started getting on it and putting out that content. Um, so I think just the the motivation of also, if you're 
social media is helping people in some way. If you're giving some type of advice with anything that you do, that's going to be rewarding because people are going to tell you, thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for this post. And just hearing that from people motivates you to keep yeah. doing the content. Yeah. Of course, because yeah. your whole purpose and your one of your main goals is to, again, serve, help people. And and again, now, now you're uh, talking about it as far as you know what, that's a win mm-hmm. that maybe there was... I don't know, uh, something that you put a lot of energy and maybe that one person was the one affected. But as long as you're helping that one person, that what keeps you motivated to continue Mm -hmm. going in your path. Mm -hmm. Well, well, kudos to that. Thank you so much for doing so. Again, when I was doing my research, I was like, oh, my God, they're doing this since way this past. And they continue doing it. They tried different things. Mm -hmm. They're not embarrassed to maybe this is not working. Let's do something else. And again, that's that's more of a mindset because we can Mm -hmm. say, well, you know what? Everyone go ahead and do that. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. But hopefully someone I know myself, I'm taking some nuggets as far as, okay, this is like the specific thing that I can work on. Mm -hmm. Because again, little by little, this is where we're going to achieve this. Right. And and the the, the common theme is it's the mindset that you guys have and how you complement each other. Yeah. Like how Shane said, we just take whatever God puts in front of us. We just do it. Oh, you guys see the tears? (laughs) Reading and feeding that mindset. Yeah. Yeah, constantly reading. It's like a muscle. If you don't, if you stop reading, you'll stop. That's true. But that's That's willingly like that. Mm -hmm. You bring another great point as far as like you have to make a choice of Mm -hmm. continuing doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. There can never be a point that, oh, I know that or I'm good. Like, hey, even though I'm good, I can continue to be better. Or, you know what? It is my obligation to continue this because so far Mm -hmm. I have been having good results because of this. Mm -hmm. Never getting to a point that, oh, I'm good. And that wait, that that like the choice. I have not. It's, it's how to take your business to the next level, even mm-hmm. doing little small things. And it's the mindset smarter, thing, and yeah, like the beer that you said. Mm-hmm. That's what's gonna make your business go from good to great. Wow, read it. It's a good yeah, one. that's good. Nice, thank you. Yeah, for and um, one of the things Shane's always says too is that he, one of his motivations is to be a man of discipline. Like every day, I do my cardio. Every day, I open the gym at four a.m. And so that's one of his motivators is that people will see him as a man of discipline. And that's the same thing that I want for my life as well. Like when people see me doing my bodybuilding shows, they're like, man, that girl is disciplined. So that's like a, yeah, a yeah. you know. That's a win for person. yourself, right? Uh-huh. That's exactly, yeah, that's mm-hmm. internal, motivation. internal motivation. That's a win for yourself. And and, and and I share the same thoughts. As far as my, my self-esteem, I think that is because doing small things that I said I'm going to do. You do it. And I do it. And I'm like, ooh, that's a small win. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. that I'll share quickly a story that when I went to the gym, uh, I know this has been going on and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I sent a, a message to my daughter saying, hey, Elizabeth, I, would just, I went on a trip. Mm-hmm. And I sent her because I went by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was driving. I live on Horizon, mm-hmm. Eastlake. And I was driving all the way to the... The, not, it's not even the west side there. It's mm-hmm. like uh, Anthony, close to Anthony. Yeah. or yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty yeah. far. Yeah. Uh, but the fact is that I, I mean, I, I, I messaged you, but I wanted to go in person and talk to you. At this point, we had an interact. Mm-hmm. And I sent a message to my daughter and I said, look, Elizabeth, I just want to show you that I don't want to do this. Like, I, I, I really don't want to go. Try it's going to be uncomfortable, <laughs> like looking for Shane or looking for Lizzie. Hey, hi, I've been messaging you. Like, I don't know. Other people are going to look at me like I don't want to be there. I mean, I can be at home. I can be watching TV. I can like there, there's so many things. And, and, and I told her, I don't know if they're going to say yes. Maybe they're going to be like, ah, you know, maybe later. I I, so him going is what made us do yeah, it. it is. And, and that's what I like what I try to that message for my, my daughter was like, even if they say no, it's already a win for me coming here. Because you did it. And, and, and exactly. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a small win for me. Mm-hmm. In, in this case, it worked out perfectly. Um, but again, that's just something that you continue saying. And, and I'm so glad that you guys are here mm-hmm. uh, because I just reinforce uh, reinforcing that that's kind of like the right mindset to have because yeah. you guys have been able to get so much from that mindset. From so just doing it. Yeah. Nice. Your daughter's name's Elizabeth? Yes. That's my name, too. That's my full name. Really? Elizabeth, yeah. Oh, you, you want to talk Lizzie. about names a little bit? No, you know, because then... Okay, I won't. I won't, because this yeah. is... This <laughs> my my name was Elizabeth Reeves, and then I married him, Elizabeth Martinez, and so everybody sees my name and thinks I'm Hispanic. They're like, oh, Elizabeth Martinez, and then they see me, and they're like, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> right? ¿Qué pasó con Betty? They don't call you Betty, just messing with you. All right. Uh, I have a final question on the on the projects that you have. Again, you've been very consistent. I know that you guys went back to the Soulmates podcast. Mm-hmm. What is your goal behind that? Now that you have a uh, better quality, better audio at uh, the studio, yeah. actually. Talk yeah. to me about what the purpose is behind that. 
Well, we started the podcast because, um, you know, I always try to look at what's trending and podcasts started, you know, started blowing up. And I said, Shane, we should get on this podcast thing. So I listened to an audiobook about how to start it. I just bought a little microphone and we we started thinking of doing it because we always have cool conversations at home when we're eating lunch. We're, we're talking about different things like back and forth. So we're like, let's just record our conversations. Like we have cool conversations and people might want to listen to it, you know. So we started putting the podcast out there. But recently I ran into a problem with the podcast. I don't know what's going on with it, with Apple, with SoundCloud. I don't know what it is. But every time I upload a new episode, it says episode unavailable, episode unavailable on iTunes and on Spotify. It only works on the SoundCloud. So for the past few months, I've been trying to work with with Apple and everything to try to figure it out but I can't figure it out so um, we enlisted our friend ever at access media and so if anybody else wants to start a podcast and they don't have anything to do hit up access multimedia he's really cool um, so he said you know what I'll help you guys get it back started and get the audio going and try to fix it with Apple and so we're going through that right now trying to fix it hopefully we can if not we're gonna have to move it to another platform and restart it from the beginning because I don't want to lose all the episodes that we've done though. Yeah. So no it, and, and again you guys are right I mean there's a lot of uh, nuggets that people can take, mm-hmm. um, again, or, or at least even if, if maybe they agree with what you're saying, maybe they don't, but again, hearing a different perspective or reinforcing a positive message, it's always good. Yeah. Our next episode is going to be how to lose the quarantine 15. Oh, uh, the weight that everybody's been. Okay. And why are you staring at me? <laughs> why are you staring at me when you see this? <laughs> yeah, we, we recorded two episodes. You guys we recorded did one two? about like all the drama that was happening with the city and stuff. And then we did one. About That's that. the one I saw. Actually, <laughs> I don't know if I messaged you or was the day I was, I don't know, but I was like, oh, okay, well, let me oh, okay. review this one. I'm like, oh, okay. Those are the thoughts. Those are the threads. How did you listen to it? Um, on SoundCloud? N- I tried, yeah, uh, on the website, I clicked on there because you have the link. Then it took me somewhere else. It wasn't playing, and then it took me somewhere else, and it oh, played. Oh, SoundCloud, probably. Yeah, but yeah. then I had the, I had to have the phone on, Yeah, so and you I don't see like what's that. being weird? I don't, uh, not, but, I don't I mean, understand I just, what's happening with it. Like, no, but... the first time we had that problem? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And I was doing everything exactly the same, like my audio. They said it might be a problem with my audio. I tried it in Wave, MP3, MP4, everything, and I don't know weird no, so hopefully we'll, we can get it fixed just keep it going yeah lizzie one elizabeth let me call you this one. <laughs> elizabeth one last question for you and this is the the the, the question i also asked shane um what is one thing you love about el paso and one thing that maybe you would change improve um, I definitely love the culture. I love um, how you can go into somebody's home and they're super wel- welcoming to you. They're like, what do you want to eat? What do you want to drink? Uh, come sit down, you know, meet the family, meet everybody. And so it's a really, um, it's like a tight-knit community. Even though we're a big city, it feels like a small town because you start to know everybody and say hi to everybody. And I love that about El Paso. Um, and the thing I would change is, is what Shane said just about the the value in pricing with people, um, people won't pay for expensive stuff here. And, you know, like um, Orange Theory comes in and they're like a, a badass gym in other cities and they do really well, but people don't want to pay the 160 a month or whatever. They don't see the here. value yeah. behind yes. them. Even if they can afford it, they don't see the value. Yeah, yeah. they don't see the value. And yes. because it, maybe they compare, hey, I can go for $10, but then there is no, yeah. they don't see, they the, don't see the, value. the value. That's, That's exactly what, what it is. Um, and like, for example, with us, with the personal training, sometimes like we would see people, um, you know, oh, I can't afford it this month. But then they were in Vegas or they were buying a big screen TV Priorities. or they yeah. were, you know, going out to eat every pounds, night. Like and it's results. like, yeah. So it's like they see results and they see that the training works, but they don't value it as much as they value the big screen TVs and wow. going to Vegas. <laughs> nice. Well, that's yeah. a good way to close this podcast. We've been talking for close to an hour now, Lizzie. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, again, now that you're here, I know uh, Shane is not on camera, but he's right here next to Lizzie, like always. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. um, I, again, I, I just want to thank you. Um, you guys, I mean, not, not only for your help with the podcast, but you guys are doing so much great things. And again, I... I, I, I want to make sure that, not that I want to make sure, but hopefully you guys see it as well. A lot mm-hmm. of things that you guys talked about for you, just this is what I do, mm-hmm. but you don't understand that there is an impact that you guys are creating. It's a positive one. That's um, so yeah. thank you That's very really much for coming and, and for being the way you guys are. Thank, oh, thank you. you. Yeah, of course. Thank All right, you. guys. Well, <laughs> adios. Thank you for having us. Bye. Bye.